Welcome to Lymphedema Podcast. I'm Betty Westbrook, Certified Lymphedema Therapist and the host of Lymphedema Podcast. The purpose of Lymphedema Podcast is to provide answers and explanations for people affected by the lymphatic disease lymphedema. This podcast is for patients, family members, medical professionals, and anyone interested in lymphedema. Each week, I discuss a new topic related to this disease to help you learn more and navigate better the journey ahead. Disclaimer, as a certified lymphedema therapist, all information provided is based on my professional experiences and education. I recommend that anyone who feels they have lymphedema or have been medically diagnosed with lymphedema seek in-person medical treatment from a certified lymphedema therapist. I'm so passionate about teaching others about lymphedema that I created this podcast. Thanks for joining me. I hope you're ready to learn something new today. Welcome back to episode 43 of Lymphedema Podcast. I cannot really believe that it's already December and 2019 is almost over. So I feel like it's time for a little reflection. I started the podcast last January, but really I started the podcast the summer before. Planning ideas, thinking of people to interview, and honestly, learning how to do a podcast. I didn't really know how to build a web page. I definitely didn't know how to edit audio. And well, thanks to a lot of help and a lot of patience from my husband, I was able to get the audio editing thing down. While he has been very influential and extremely helpful and encouraging along the way, you guys really are what's kept me going. If after that first month, only five or 10 of you had been listening, well, actually, there were only about five or 10 of you listening after that first month. But, you know, throughout the year, word got around, and before you knew it, I was having a couple hundred downloads a month or a week. So, I'm officially up to 9,000 downloads, well, a little bit more than that, and we have people all over the world listening to Lymphedema Podcast, and that's really cool, and it's exactly why I started it, to help others who may not have access to education or they may not have access to the resources and doctors, that this would be a starting place so that the next person who was diagnosed with lymphedema didn't get on Google and just automatically get terrified by the scary images that they see, but that they would find reliable, evidence-based information. So in October, what I did was I focused on breast cancer awareness, breast cancer and lymphedema and their relationship, and education on reducing that risk or how to move forward if you've been diagnosed with lymphedema after breast cancer. My guest for episode 38 was Josh Levine and his story behind how Lymphedivas was created, um, how his sister was extremely influential in that and how they continue this in her honor and in her legacy. How to reduce your risk of developing lymphedema related to breast cancer officially clocks in at the fourth most listened to episode of 2019. Have a listen. Welcome back for episode 38 of Lymphedema Podcast. This episode, I am continuing the conversation about lymphedema related to breast cancer by discussing the most important aspect of this topic, prophylactic treatment. 
If you're not fortunate enough to have an oncologist, nurse, or friend tell you about the risk of developing lymphedema during breast cancer treatment, then this episode is for you. I want to back up a second and clarify. Lymphedema can be present during treatment. It isn't something that only appears after remission. Episode 3 is a little boring, I will warn you, but it really breaks down why the body needs external pressure to manage lymphedema. I'll summarize here, but please, for a detailed explanation, go have a listen to episode 3. As I mentioned in last week's episode, lymphedema related to breast cancer is classified as secondary lymphedema. Secondary lymphedema occurs any time there is an injury to the lymphatic system. Lymph node biopsy, mastectomy, radiation, chemo, and reconstructive surgeries are all injuries to the lymphatic system, especially the superficial lymphatic vessels. When an injury occurs, a system that once functioned at 100% is now down to 95 or 90. When you add on another treatment, it goes down. Add on another surgery, and it goes down some more. See the trend that's occurring? When the function of the lymphatic system drops below a level that the body can compensate or manage, there's a backup of lymphatic fluid. Your body makes three to five liters a day of lymph, and it doesn't know to reroute the fluid from one area to another when an injury has occurred. Because the fluid is generated every day as a waste product of your blood, and the lymphatic system is damaged, the arm or the chest begins to swell more and more each day. Compression is crucial to manage limb volume. Early intervention before the swelling has an opportunity to build up can prevent the painful swelling associated with lymphedema that occurs later. Prophylactic compression is very important. I want to tell you about my wonderful mother-in-law. Following her bilateral mastectomy, I began to tell her about the risk of developing lymphedema when she travels, and I soon after fitted her for compression to wear anytime she flies. To this day, she has been compliant to wear her sleeve as soon as she gets to the terminal, and for about an hour or two after she lands at her destination. She was fortunate that she had very few lymph nodes removed, and she did not undergo chemo or radiation following her mastectomy. I strongly believe that she has not had any signs of lymphedema due to her compliance wearing compression when she's most at risk of developing swelling. In addition to wearing arm compression, a post-surgical compression bra can eliminate swelling that occurs in the underarm or the area that I call your side boob, as well as the remaining breast tissue. To talk about the importance of preventative compression, I want to invite my new friend Josh to the podcast. Josh is the president of Lymphedivas, and if you're looking for a compression sleeve or glove that has as much personality as you do, then look no more. Lymphedivas offers upper extremity compression that comes in over 100 patterns, five solid colors, and they can even put crystals on the fabric. I love the story of how they began as well, and I just want to introduce you to my new friend, Josh. Josh, welcome to the show. Thanks, Betty. It's a pleasure being here with you. Great. Well, I'm glad to have you, and I know about you, but can you tell us a little bit about yourself and how Lymphedivas began? 
Sure. Uh, so I have been running Lymphedivas as the president for the past nine years, but it, it wasn't really my company. This wasn't something that I had started. And it it really started with my sister, Rachel, uh, as well as another wo- woman, Robin Miller. So my sister, Rachel, was diagnosed with breast cancer uh, back in 2005, just before her 35th birthday. Uh, this was a pretty big shock to us as a family and to her. We didn't have any history of cancer that was known in our family at all. And so for my sister to have felt a lump and gone in and been diagnosed was a real shock. Um, At that time, she was diagnosed with triple negative and they took out about 19 lymph nodes during her diagnosis. Uh, That was followed by some pretty aggressive chemo and radiation. And a couple of months after she finished her treatment, she started noticing the feelings of kind of heaviness in one of her arms. And that's something that you're probably fairly familiar with. Yep. Um, and so she brought that up uh, to her physiatrist at University of Pennsylvania, who was Dr. Andrea Cheville. And Dr. Cheville immediately recognized what was going on and gave her a prescription for her first compression garment. And that was sort of the beginning of what was a fairly negative experience for her. And this is something that probably many of your patients have dealt with as well, where she, you know, walks into this DME store that's filled with wheelchairs and bedpans and crutches. And, you know, it's just not a welcoming place. She gets up to the counter and says to the person behind it, you know, I have a prescription here for a compression sleeve. What are my options? And, you know, this was back in 2006 where there weren't really any options. You know, he takes one off the shelf and it's this medical beige garment that's thick and heavy. It's a coarse fabric and it was just ugly. And my sister looks at it and said, you know, don't I have any other choices here? And the guy just sort of smiles and looks back and says, no, you know, there's some other manufacturers that make this, but they're all basically this. And she left the store incredibly upset. Uh, Shortly thereafter, she was in the waiting room to see Dr. Cheville with Robin Miller, uh, who was an even younger woman, going through all of this as well. And the two of them talked about the difficulty of wearing these garments, the prospect of having to wear a garment like the one that she was given for the rest of her life. And the two of them decided that they wanted there to be more options. They talked about it with Dr. Cheville, who said, well, there really aren't any. So if you want something, you're going to have to do it yourself. And the two of them just sort of looked at each other and said, "Okay, fine, we'll do that. And and that was really the beginning of Lymphedivas and what got her started with this. And, you know, she was an athlete and she was wearing sports compression. And so what she tried to do was meld sports compression and medical. So to have a comfortable, moisture-wicking, lightweight, breathable garment uh, and make it attractive, but still have it be true medical-grade compression. And that was really the beginning of lymphedivas. Um, Unfortunately, my sister's cancer 
came back in late 2007, and she passed away in the uh, early month of January in 2008. Uh, at that time, uh, she had asked my father, Dr. Howard Levin, uh, to come out of retirement and try and make the company a success. He was able to get the company profitable, at which point he let me come over. I had been asking for months and months and months earlier uh, to be able to help out, but he couldn't keep the company going and pay my salary. Uh, so we waited until he was able to get the company profitable. And once he did that, I left my job in consulting to come and take over and continue my sister's legacy. I love that story. That is fabulous. And what better way to honor her legacy than to keep Lymphadivas going? And, and that's really what we try and do. And it isn't just about the company for us. You know, this is, this is really about making options, trying to make a, a better and more effective garment out there. And it very much feels like a lot of the things that we have seen the industry do are things that my sister started. You know, there were no other skin tones besides medical beige when we got started. We presented a darker option that others now offer. There were no solid colors besides beige before we got started. Now, pretty much any every manufacturer is offering at least some variety, if not just a solid black. We were the first to really look at the wrists on the hand pieces to make sure that there wasn't an overlap of compression between the hand piece and the wrist. We were the first to start looking at patterns. We were the first to really push the idea that you could machine wash and machine dry these things to be easier cared for. You know, we have really pushed the industry in directions and areas that they might not have gone all in the effort to present options and choices for those dealing with this disease. So I know I've covered it a little bit before in conversation, and you mentioned it here with your sister specifically, but what happens when lymphedema occurs in people after breast cancer treatment? I know we've already talked about heaviness, or you've mentioned heaviness. Um, were there any other side effects that some of the women that come to you and kind of say, hey, I've had breast cancer treatment and I feel XYZ now? Uh, so... You know, the, the important thing, I think, to realize here is that there is a lot that we don't know, uh, which is, I think, is something that you are probably very aware of, but that there, there is a lot that is unknown in terms of what type of damage is going to affect any particular individual. So when we're talking about if you've had any lymph nodes removed, if you've had any radiation therapy, there is some risk that is now something that you need to consider and decide with your therapist what things you are willing to do and what, or what you believe is necessary to do to potentially help reduce that risk. But, you know, once you start to see the signs of early stage lymphedema, you know, where you've progressed beyond stage zero and you're now in stage one where, you know, the arm can be a little bit of, you know, a little bit painful. You can feel that heaviness, that something just isn't right. Uh, you might even start to see some initial signs of swelling where one is either larger than the other or, you know, you're able to press a thumb or a finger into your arm and into your arm and it leaves behind a little bit of a divot for a little while until that fluid kind of fills it back up again. But those are the things that we start to hear about 
once people enter that stage one of lymphedema. And that's, I think, where it is even more important than even the preventative work, although the preventative is highly important because once you've got this, as you know, it doesn't go away. So it's about working with your therapist, with your medical advisors to figure out what things you're willing to do to help prevent it from even starting, but that once it begins, you get on top of it. You start seeing a therapist wearing compression when you need to, whether it's during those high-risk activities like flying or exercise, or if it's you know something that you need to wear all day, every day, and then a night garment in the evenings. Um, you know, These are all these conversations that you want to have as early as possible so that you can help keep your limb at that stage one level of lymphedema. And I think that's something so important to stress to women and men when they're going through breast cancer treatment is that that risk for lymphedema, it doesn't go down as you are out of your treatment session. So if you're in remission, your chances of developing lymphedema don't necessarily go down. Um, Some people will say that, you know, after three to five years, you're kind of in the clear. But I've known women who 10, 15, 20 years after have developed lymphedema by doing a daily routine. You know, um, one lady who's actually a very good friend of mine, she was painting in her dining room and she's just over and over was doing a repetitive action and that caused her lymphedema to come on and she had been active and healthy for all these years since her cancer treatment. Um, But that risk of developing lymphedema and the compression garments that can help you to prevent that incidence of it actually occurring and not just occurring once, but like you already mentioned, when you develop lymphedema, it's there to stay. Right. And and I think that, you know, that, that really is a big part of this and that, you know, a lot of studies do show that you are at risk even 25 years after the surgery and, and the damaged lymphatic system. Yes, it's true that a lot of the cases do present within the first few years, but it doesn't mean that you are in the clear after that, that being vigilant, being aware, doing the things that you are comfortable with to help reduce your risk. Those are all of the pieces that come together that can help keep you as healthy as you can be. Lymphedema and lipedema are chronic conditions that could make you feel scared and alone. The good news is you are not alone. In fact, you are part of an ever-growing community of people living their lives to the fullest. Jobst developed a free program called LymphCare to educate, support, and connect you with the rest of the community. On LymphCareUSA.com, you can access things like informational blogs, listen to patient stories, and webinars by healthcare professionals. You can also find out about local and national events, exchange ideas with healthcare professionals, professionals and patients, as well as track your condition. So what are you waiting for? Go to LymphCareUSA.com now to become part of the fastest growing lymphedema and lipedema community. And one thing I really want to point out and kind of give you a little bit of credit for is that on the Lymphedivas website, I love that you guys provide lymphedema education to people who are there browsing on your website. So one, kudos to you guys for really kind of sticking to the cause and sticking to the education for others who are trying to learn about lymphedema and the compression. And I want to point out that you have a lot of really helpful topics on the website. 
Um, a lot of the questions we've already covered about, you know, why it's important to be aware of the lymphedema risk and when people should wear compression sleeve. So one thing I really want to point out and talk about is the fitters aid. Can you tell us a mm-hmm. little bit more about that on the website? Sure. Uh, so our fitters aid app is something that we had developed a number of years ago, and it kind of came to life for a few different reasons. The The big one was, you know, we had originally fit our garments the same way everybody else does, where, you know, let's say we're talking about a sleeve. We had three measurement points, the wrist, the forearm, and the bicep, that you would measure your circumference around and then see what size range you fit into. Uh, Now, this is not an exact science there with, with all of that. And what we came to understand as we got into this business was when a manufacturer says something is 20 to 30 millimeters of mercury or 30 to 40 millimeters of mercury, all that means is that the compression begins somewhere inside that range at the, at the wrist. It does not tell you where in the range it begins, nor does it confirm whether or not it's actually graduating, getting less compression as you move up towards your shoulder. Um, So what would happen is we'd get people who'd call in and say, hey, I fit into a small wrist, but a medium forearm. What size garment do I wear? And what we would do is take out our testing equipment. We would find tubes that were approximations of the sizes that the customer was giving us. And we would place all of our compression garments on them and measure the amount of compression getting delivered at each of those points given their circumferences. Um, And this was really helpful. It let us understand what was happening inside the garment and then applying that to figuring out what size would be best for somebody. And this was a good process, but it was incredibly time consuming. And so what we eventually did was we measured the full curve of circumference and compression for our garments so that we could take anybody's measurements at each of those points and plot out approximately how much compression is getting delivered. And then a few years ago, we turned this into an application that now lives on our website so that you can put in your measurements that you've taken, the level of compression that your therapist has recommended, and it'll present the options that start within the range that's being requested by the therapist and that do graduate appropriately as you move up the arm. And then each selection you can pick and you can see what those values are at each measurement point to help either fine tune or be able to move up or down within a compression class to find something that fits and is effective for you individually. As a therapist, I think that is genius and mind-blowing. (laughs) I mean, there have been so many times where I've tried to fit a patient for a garment out of the sizing chart and, you know, they, they're small or they're a medium or they're a medium and a large and they kind of fall on that range. And I've literally just gone, you know, just flip the coin because I don't know how to guide them. You know, do you want it to Mm -hmm. be smaller to where the size say it's a lower part of your arm, the lower part of your arm is at risk for increased volume because it's going to push because lymphatic fluid takes the path of least resistance. If there's more freedom in the forearm, are you moving some of that fluid downward into the forearm so that the upper arm gets 
the correct compression gradient? Or do you switch it the other way around and it's too tight at the top and then it's uncomfortable and they don't wear it and they're non-compliant and, you know, you've done everything for naught. So exactly. that fitter's aid actually blows my mind. <laughs> and you know, the, and the, the other way that we've thought about it is you know, the, the, this isn't clothing that you're buying. You're not buying a small T-shirt or a medium T-shirt. These are medical devices. It doesn't matter what the label on the, of the size is. What matters is how much compression is actually being delivered at each of those points. And so, you know, we are able to fit by delivery of compression and not just by what size does it happen to say on the box. That's awesome. Well, one more question for you. In your opinion, and based on the information from the Lymphadivas website, when would you recommend getting into compression when you have a diagnosis of breast cancer? So there, there's a couple of ways that we look at this. Uh, first and foremost, you should be, as a patient, discussing this with your physician or with a trained lymphedema therapist. Um, they're the ones that can best guide you in figuring out when you should really be starting. But the idea here, and this is something that we really believe in here at Lymphedivas, is getting ahead of this, getting into that preventative stage. So, you know, that may mean, you know, prior to surgery, going in and getting measurements taken to get a baseline of what your limb is prior to any damage to the lymphatic system. So whether that's measurements with a measuring tape, whether it is measurements using a LDEX type device where they're able to measure the time that it takes an electrical current to run through the limb, whatever that is, getting that baseline can be very helpful. Now, once that damage to the system has occurred, whether it is post-surgical after an axillary node dissection or a sentinel node biopsy, that is the time where now something has changed in your body. And this is where I think it's very helpful to talk to your doctor or to a therapist for a garment at this point so that you can immediately begin some preventative activities to lower a potential risk of initial onset. Now, I also understand that this is a time where you are actively going through treatment and it can be hard to add another layer on top of that. But at least understanding and being educated that something has changed. You should be aware of at least a consideration of this. If you don't want to consider it at this point, that can be a decision that is made between you and your medical advisory team. But not educating people, at least at the minimum of, hey, just so you know, here is some information. You know, we have an education guide that we've put out that is sort of a a nicer entry into understanding the risks of lymphedema, what it means, and help guide that conversation that you will hopefully have with your medical team. I couldn't have said it better myself. Education, at least, is the best thing you can do in the very beginning. And, and that's, I think, you know, an area that we really try to live in. Uh, that, you know, that's why we have a lot of that content on our website, 
we we really want to get information in front of people so that they can determine what is a reasonable decision for them and what they would like to do and what they are willing to do, but doing so with as much data as possible, both in terms of things that we definitely know about and also things that are a little softer, uh, that, that you know they still understand that the decisions and the tools that they're using to make those decisions are not black and white. Josh, thanks so much for being on the podcast with me today. If anyone wants to find out more about Lymphadivas, where can they go to get the information? Uh, you can, they can go to our website at www.lymphadivas.com. Uh, you can give us a call at 866-411-DIVA. Uh, that's 866-411-3482. We're happy to talk to you, guide you to the, the parts of our website, and, you know, if necessary, can even point you to some resources to help find a lymphedema-trained therapist. That's awesome. And what I want to point out real quickly before we um, finish up here today is that Lymphadivas on the website, you guys have a promotion going for Breast Cancer Awareness Month that you are donating 10% to these four specific nonprofits. And I really want to go ahead and highlight these because I think it's so important to be educated and informed on who you're supporting and how you're supporting them when it comes to breast cancer research and education and awareness. You guys have Keep a Breast Foundation Treasured Test Program, Living Beyond Breast Cancer, Metaviver, and the Pink Fund. All as nonprofits that will receive 10% of any purchases made until the end of October. So I just want to put that out there for anyone listening. One, if you're looking for a really awesome Halloween sleeve. I was snooping around here and found a skeleton arm sleeve, and I'm actually considering buying that and wearing it to work. Um, <laughs> the bone fun. design is a lot of fun. Yes, um, and it looks it's anatomically awesome. correct. <laughs> oh, perfect! Even better. <laughs> and then also, if you just want something new and fresh and cute, I think Lymphadivas is your answer. So why not go ahead get a sleeve and be able to give back to a really good cause. Thank you. And, you know, the, those charities that, that, that we are giving, you know, 10% of October sales to, uh, those are not just things that we do in October. We've got some specific designs that we have created to always be raising money for those charities. And when you purchase one of those designs, anytime during the year and during this month, 25% of that purchase goes directly to those charities. Man, I love, I like love Lymphadivas more the longer we talk. This is great. <laughs> I love this company. Mother Teresa says, loneliness and the feeling of being unwanted is the most terrible poverty. This podcast is here for you to find friendship and a community for your journey with lymphedema. I hope you enjoyed learning more about early intervention and prophylactic treatment of lymphedema related to breast cancer and our special guest, Josh, from Lymphedivas. Email me with your story if you would like to share lymphedemapodcast at gmail.com or visit the website lymphedemapodcast.com to submit a topic for another episode.